up, guys? Welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast uh, mini-sode. This is Katie, if you didn't know. Hi. <laughs> and today, I have a cool story that I found on Instagram. This account, she, I'm pretty sure it's a she, so I'm very sorry if I get it wrong, but it's an anonymous account. It Their their account handle is Anonymous X Mormon. So maybe some of you follow this account already, but the um, it says here on, on the profile, Anonymous X Mormon sharing my story as a way to process my thoughts and help others. So I reached out to her and I asked her if I could read one of her posts because I, or it's actually two of her posts. It's kind of a conjoined story. And I really liked how it was written. And I thought I'd give her a shout out on here. You guys can go show her some love on her Instagram. That's again, Anonymous X Mormon. And um, I think this is a good story that a bunch of us ex Mormons can super relate to. All right, so here we go. I was 12 years old when I first felt the effects of spiritual guilt and shame. During one of my visits with my dad, we were, for some odd reason, taking a helicopter ride to view Salt Lake City from up above. We had ample time in the waiting room before our flight, and I noticed there was a fresh pot of coffee on a a table nearby the couch I was waiting on. I'd always been curious about coffee. It might have had something to do with the whole... If you tell someone not to think of a purple elephant, they'll think of a purple elephant thing. (laughs) I decided to ask my dad, who's a non-member, if I could try some. He agreed, so I set out to try the forbidden drink. I ended up drinking six whole cups, (laughs) most likely not to my dad's knowledge at the time. I'd never learned about moderation, only about complete abstinence from things that were sinful and wrong. One cup was the same as six cups in my brain. When we were finally up high in the sky in the helicopter, my heart started beating quickly as we flew over the city, and it wasn't because of the height. Back at home, a couple of hours later, I was in the midst of my very first panic attack. I wouldn't let anyone come near me. I thought an attacker was in the bathroom, so I wouldn't use it. And I told my dad to take me to the hospital, but once I got in the car, I wouldn't let him drive because I was scared I was going to jump out. An hour or so later, I'd finally exhausted myself and fell asleep. Before my dad sent me off back to my mom's house a few days later, he warned me that he'd called my mom to tell her about the little incident I'd had after drinking coffee. This nearly sent me back into a full-fledged panic attack. My mom had warned me probably over 100 times to never drink coffee. She said that one mere sip of the drink would have me addicted to it like she'd been before she started going back to church. I knew this wasn't going to be good. To make matters worse, there was a youth trip to the temple that night to do baptisms for the dead. I could feel my mom's seething rage through her disingenuous smile when she picked me up from the airport. I'd been in trouble before, but this felt different. This time, I'd broken a commandment. I'd gone against the counsel from the Lord, a.k.a. his prophets. As if my panic attack and my mom's anger weren't enough punishment, my mom also let me know that she'd called our bishop and he said I wouldn't be able to attend the temple that night. I never particularly liked the temple, but I did want to spend time with my friends and felt odd about lying to them about why I couldn't come. 
The bishop also said it was pertinent that we meet up the next Sunday to discuss my sin. The next Sunday, I nervously entered the bishop's office with my head held low. We discussed what could have led me to drink the coffee, and then discussed what the next steps were going to be in my repentance process. I wasn't allowed to take the sacrament for a couple of weeks, which confused me. I always thought the sacrament was there to allow me to remit my sins and commit to do better the next week. I either didn't understand the sacrament at all, or my sin was just too large to be washed away during it. My guilt continued to grow as the weeks went on. I didn't start to feel better as the bishop had promised. Instead, I felt more ashamed and embarrassed of my decision every day. I was no longer an innocent 12-year-old with talking back to mom listed as one of my sins. I now had an atrocity on my record, one that I'd always remember, one that my parents and the bishop and God would remember. I pledged to never again break the word of wisdom. The shame stayed, but at least I came out on the other side with a newfound commitment to the rules. I would regain my worth no matter what it took. Isn't that written so well? Um... And it's so crazy when you uh, look back on your life, too. That made me reflect on my, um, you know, experiences with coffee and things that were forbidden and how it it does make you kind of want to go overboard when you finally do try it. And even for me, I remember I was in high school and I... I really loved the smell of coffee, and for some reason, my parents allowed me to try it, which I don't, I still don't know why, because they're Mormon, (laughs) but I tried it, and I made some at home even, and then I took it to school when I was in high school in a thermos, because I really liked it, and I got to school, and my friends were like, oh, cool, you brought hot chocolate to school, that sounds good. Because, you know, they're all Mormon. They're like, hot chocolate's okay, coffee's not. And I was like, oh, no, this is coffee. Because I think I had to tell them it was coffee because someone asked to take a sip of it. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, no, that's actually coffee. And they were like, no, it's not. Don't you lie to us. Like, you wouldn't drink that. And I was like, uh, (laughs) I actually am. I actually do like it. And I remember my friends didn't believe me until one of my friends grabbed my thermos and went to go take a sip. And she acted like she had just swallowed the blood of Jesus, literally. Like she was so upset. She was, she like spit it out. (laughs) And it was this huge thing about how I was addicted to coffee. They, you know, they would bring it up to me. And I, I would maybe have a cup of coffee once a week, if even that, because, you know, my parents didn't really love that I wanted to drink it, but they didn't forbid me too terribly from it. But I still, you know, it was a little uncomfortable when I made it at home, so I didn't have it very often. But when I did, it was this big thing around my friends. Like, I remember we even went to some shitty diner, something like a Denny's or something once. And I ordered like a Frappuccino, something that's so, it's mainly sugar with a little bit of coffee, right? Um, and uh, it was just this awkward stare down. And afterwards, one of my friends talked to me about how she's concerned that I'm drinking coffee and it's bad for me and it causes cancer and all this stuff you know meanwhile they're all gulping down their diet cokes and their red bulls like it's nothing so 
I just, I found that funny. I'm sure we all probably have some sort of a story related to coffee or other things in the word of wisdom that are quote unquote forbidden. Um, <laughs> but yeah, tell me, write in, tell me your uh, coffee stories, your word of wisdom stories, or just any stories in general. And uh, go follow Anonymous Ex Mormon on, um, on Instagram. Tell her I sent you. And you guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.